Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC and Aaron Fentel discuss the state of the used farm equipment business and how weather and commodity prices are impacting pricing and inventory levels. Before we head over to Casey, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Primus by Basic Software, for making this podcast possible. Are you tired of not having the ability to access your business outside of the office? Primus by Basic Software Systems is a web-based responsive software that puts your business in your hands with full access from anywhere, anytime. No limited apps and no other connections required, just internet access. Wouldn't you love to see the data you want with one simple click or tap? With Primus, customize your views to show exactly what you want to see when you want to see it. And the system's multiple layers of data allow you to go deeper with your information. Primus truly is your business system in your pocket. To learn more, visit www.basic-software.com slash Primus. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. Okay, let's get things going. Here's Casey and Aaron discussing what's going on in the market. Aaron and I are going to give our our monthly kind of state of the union as we see things and, and where we're at and kind of give a report on what we see out there as far as numbers goes, as far as retail listings on the internet and those kind of things and, and how those are starting to stack up here as we go into really what has been a, uh, what is the term that the uh, analysts use all the time? Uh, blow off top market. As you take a look at what's going on, there is a million reasons right now that point to um, commodity prices going higher than, than what they are now. So you've got Brazil second season corn is uh, got planted late, and right now pollination isn't looking like what they think it's going to be. There's a lot of drought and those kind of things. So that's under a lot of pressure, which that was supposed to be the saving grace for the for the rest of the world when it came to having some carryout stock and what that looked like. So if that does happen and that does continue to be a problem, we're going to see a big issue there. We have a makings of a drought situation in the U.S. right now. You look at the Midwest and the High Plains, there's been some pretty decent moisture come through, but there's no real subsoil moisture in there. And if you listen to my podcast on Thursday that I released with Sean Hackett, he talks about a uh, a NOAA metrics that they use called the evaporation content of the soil, what that looks like. And and we're going to start seeing that where there's the first 12 to 18 inches are are pretty wet, but everything below it's not there. And as the wind blows and heats up and blah 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 blah, you run into all kinds of all kinds of issues there. So we could easily start seeing some uh, some issues pop up there with that. So what's that called? Evaporation Evapor- index of the soil. Yeah, evaporation. That's index. fantastic. Yeah, is so, that online? That's real. Yeah, that's no no uh, like the no weather. Yeah, with weather. the bird. Yeah, <laughs> they have a, they kind of do that and they they've got. They've got it out there so you can see it. But, yeah, so it's a it's a real thing that they, they, they track and that they monitor. So drought situation possibly happened in the U.S. we got the stuff in Brazil. We've got all the freeze situation going on with the wheat that we see. Now, we won't really know that till combines start rolling in Texas and Oklahoma. And, and by the time they get to Kansas, I'll know pretty well what they've got going there. Um, we have the situation in France with the freeze they've had over there this latest freeze that we've seen come through here earlier this week with Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, snowfall, you know, two or three nights where 
you had somewhat of a soft freeze down into that 28 degree, 29 degree temperature range. So you have all this stuff going on. So as you look at the commodity marketplace, there's nothing out there that says there's not going to be a, a takeoff somewhere in, in commodity prices. You know, we can see $8 corn again plus some. You know, it could be it could be something like that. Oof. Yeah. It's, you know, $18 beans, at least, because really, there's no, if, if everything continues on the Each same Each soybean is a dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of something like that. So they're going to put them in those, like, you know, you go to a restaurant in a small town, Lions Club's got their little peanut vending. Oh, yeah. You put the quarter in and turn it. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. You get like five That's peanuts. the only way you can yeah. get soybeans now. You yeah. put in a quarter, you turn the handle, <laughs> and you get a handful. <laughs> yeah. So, so the crazy thing about this kind of tracking these this information that we see happening is that it's been a slow trickle some of it's been a slow build even since uh november december of last year to where we're at now and then all of a sudden march comes along and just boom, a big swath of stuff comes out so aaron you're on the phone all day long every day talking to folks out there buying selling whatever what's going on what do you see happening out there what's hot what's not and what's what's the uh, what's the five one one on the sitch? <laughs> what's the, what's the DL? Um, things are every everything's moving very very well. Combines are getting very hot right now. Uh, tractors is pretty much just a world of if you can get it, it's probably sold. There is a substantial amount, substantial amount of equipment advertised out in the world that nobody can touch till for another two months. Right. You know, we we are in the same boat. Yeah. You know, a guy asked me yesterday, well, what do you got for tractors? I'm like, three. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Right. Um I wouldn't say there's any dark spots right now. There's nothing out there that's like, ugh, other than 12 through 14, but, you know. But even that stuff's kind of selling. <clears throat> nah, not. I mean, it's not like it's dead by any means. No, but it's, we're, we're, getting, we're getting leapfrog again. You right. follow yeah. me? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But we're not jumping to new. We're jumping the 14 guy is jumping to the S7 instead of that right. 17. Right. Yeah. Or that 18. Yep. He's getting a 1920. Right. So that means there's 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 just an until 30 years from now when I retire until we get to that point. 12 through 14s are always going to be there and always just piss you off. Yeah. You know, we can't ship them out of this country fast enough. Right. But so those aren't, I mean, they're not a super bad dark spot. Yeah, they're selling, but, you know, there's no super dark spot. Um, Sprayers, you know, of course, sprayer buying is still kind of seasonal, it seems like. Right. More than more than they probably should be, um, so it took a while for that to get going. But now sprayers are are uh, pretty hot, yeah. um, especially large frame. Which of all the sprayers, the the forty five and the forty sixty, 
60s not so much because they're so new. There's just not a lot of numbers out there if you want one. But 40-45s can get soft at times pretty bad. And I feel like that's kind of where we were with them a year ago. Right. And now they're they're hot. Yeah. You know? So everything all in all, I demand is pretty good on everything. I'm actually surprised with I thought used planters would be a hotter thing this year. Yeah. Than they were. I thought so too. Yeah. I think I think this kind of goes back to like everything else we've talked about. It seems like the high speed planters that are, are sought after, highly sought after, but it's that you know, like the the precision donor type, right? Is one that's kind of a lagger. You know, right. we thought that would be that'd be kind of following a different path, right? Or in the be. green world, the the last of the seventies versus the seventy five, right? Yep, yep. Everybody's yep. jumping. You know, the 09 guy is getting a 16, 16 17. Yep. yep, yep. So yeah, so there's there's plenty of plenty of stuff going on there. I Plus, think. I bet. As we'll see, because when's that June first? Is that when that takes off? I bet you'll see. I get a feeling it was like, well, we'll try a couple more upgrades. We'll go through it one more time, and then because we know where the price is at, yeah, for stuff, we'll buy one. We'll order one this year, yeah, and get exactly what we want. Blah blah blah. I think yeah. I think you guys on the news site will see a lot of that yep. in the planner world. No, I, I think you're right. I think, too, is, especially as you look at to, like, 22, some of the futures out there at 22, I mean, I think 22, December 22 corn is, like, 465. And you see? Right. You can, you can really forecast out there ways and still lock in some lock in some pretty good numbers out there. Oh, Compared yeah. to what we've seen, you know, I mean, it's not the 550. I mean, you see some profit-taking today. You're seeing that for sure. You have four days of limit up corn, and then all of a sudden, the guy's like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to take some money out, <laughs> take a little profit here, you know. But but as you take a look at all the stuff that we got going on, planters are rolling, guys are getting out there, getting after it. It's been a pretty quiet start. I mean, we've had some we've had some snow and some, some of those kind of things out here, but really once we get past that, that weather situation, it's not like it's too muddy or too dry or too anything. It's kind of almost premium planting conditions right now it is it really is within our area yeah. we got enough you know we had that that uh couple inch rain and foot of snow or whatever and then surface dried out yeah. and then we got another half inch and yeah. another wet snow yeah. so i mean we're just like you said in that first foot or so we're we're pretty charged up yeah six maybe not a foot I shouldn't say a foot. First six inches. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, it ought to be just great conditions to get rocking and rolling. Yeah. It's going to be a matter of, is that it? Right. Or yeah. not. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the play that we're going to be looking for this year, which is going to definitely drive up the, the stuff that you see happening out there. So what's that old adage, you know, if, if uh, $3 corn at, at 180 bushel is the same as um, $6 corn at, 90 bushel. Right. I mean, so you start playing, you start playing that game. Right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at some of these numbers and um, get a get a good feel for where we're at from the market over um, since January and kind of 
trace our way back here. So last time we did this, we kind of started back in November and what that looks like and how that combine situation has, has changed and those kind of things. So January 1st, um, there were 11,363 combines on the market. So if you jump fast forward to where we're at now, um, which is a typical situation you see, January, February, typically March are all time frames where a lot of combine inventory grows because everyone's getting their combines in, we're taking the trades, those kind of things. As you look at what we see here, we are actually, we have less combines on the market today than we did in January with 11,179. So since 1st of January, we've seen a reduction of, um, well, just about 200 units. Um, but the previous month in March, March 1st, there were 11,756 combines on the market. So we sold in the month of March, 600 combines got taken off the marketplace. That's there a fair go. amount, right? That's a, that's a big... And what big did somebody price. just say on the world-famous podcast? Combines are picking up steam. They are. How they about that? They are rolling... I wasn't full of shit. <laughs> For once, right? <laughs> For once in your life. I'm a little surprised, honestly. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first I wanted to pause to thank our sponsor, Primus by Basic Software. To learn more about what Primus can do for your dealership, visit www.basic-software.com slash Primus. Now back to Casey and Aaron as they continue their discussion, turning now to use sprayers. All right, so now we just talked about sprayers and what you saw happen in there. Month over month, if you look at uh, March 1st to April 1st, 3,235 sprayers were on the market in March, and in April, there were 2,941. So... That's a pretty big decline of about, oh, we're around 300. So fast forward, go back in time to January, there were 35.82. So we are, we are again, same situation that we saw there. We are actually, we have less combines on the market, or combines, keep saying that, sprayers on the market than we did now. So again, we're seeing some good moves there. So we're, we're down, since January, we're down about 600 units. Over the time, so that's you think about that. That's quite a few sprayers. I mean, as far as overall population, absolutely. Floaters, if you look at where that's at, the floater market is uh, 667 units at the first of April, and at the first of March, there were 715. 751 if you go back to um, the first of January. So, again, we've seen again. We're down. We're down almost uh, almost 100 units. Again, that's that's a big chunk. That's one sixth of the marketplace that's been that's been liquidated. So that's a that's a big deal. All right. So now let's get talking about tractors here. So tractors on that 175 horsepower and greater range. So we're talking all eight R's, all your bigger row crops, those kind of things. Those are all Magnums and Challengers and Masseys. Oh my! Yeah, exactly. So at the beginning of January, there were 13,230 on the market. Today, there are, this is a big, big drop, 10,837. So roughly 10% of the tractor population has, has vanished since the first of the year. That being said, in the month of, so you're looking at about 3,000 units between the two, 2,500 between the two, between January and April. From March 1st to April 1st, March 1st, there were 12,189 tractors on the marketplace in that range, and now there's 10,837. So it, it decreased in value by about 1,500 units, right? That's a fair amount. That's a big swing. 
That is. That's a real big swing. So scroll down here and take a look at where we're at next. So tractor's obviously hot. Typical thing is, is to get the new tractor updated type of thing. That's that's pretty typical. Yep. But hot is kind of underselling it. I would go with at least like quadruple hot. Yeah, <laughs> Do you have a tractor? Yes, I'll take it. What is it? I don't care. If tractors were the drop map, it'd be magenta. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we're just going to go ahead and throw this out there and dash for dragon purple. It is purple. So we've, we've got that at going for us. Now, row crop heads. So we're talking corn heads here. Um, 50, see, 5,812, first of March, and which this does make a little bit of sense here. Uh, first of April, I'm sorry, first of March, there were 5,927. So we, we lost about 100 units there, a little over 100 units. Go back to January, it was 5,574. So the uh, the market's actually gone up in, in the number of units that are out there. But I think if you take a look at some of these aged corn heads that have been on the marketplace, some of these newer ages, like some 19s or some yeah, some those kind of things. Right. There's been a bigger move there where there's been more units that have been coming in to trade in. Absolutely. So that's starting to be true. All right, planters. Jump down here and take a look at planters. In April, 37.78. And in March, there were 39.13. So we're down... We're down uh, about 125 or so units uh, month over month. But if you go back to January, there are 44.60. So we're down a ton, mm, about 700 units roughly, right around there. So that's, again, it kind of speaks to that upgrading the planter type of thing. That, again, that's 25% or almost of, of the overall marketplace that's been sold. So that's a big jump. So apparently I was full of shit that planters aren't selling. Well, I don't like well, I thought they would, but also we don't really have any use planners, true. So you're kind of insulated from the action. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Forage harvesters, um, there is so in January there are 1162, in March there are 1181, and in April there are 1175. So we spent some time talking about forage harvesters the other day, last time that we were had that conversation, and I still think if you're sitting on a forage harvester right now, um, you will have an opportunity to sell some forage harvesters here if this drought situation continues the way, the way we think it's going to. So I think there's going to be some opportunities there. Good, the positive thing about about the um, the forage harvester market again, a lot of those get get uh, traded in at the first year because they're getting their their new ones ready for the the early spring haylage season and, and and whatnot so we did have a ramp up since january to april that market has grown 13 units so that's not not too terrible bad considering what, what we had the good positive thing is since unless you have one of the 13 that's true um, <laughs> the positive thing about this is that each month is a steady decline over the previous month so that's good sure there's some action there so that's kind of the listings there of kind of what we track and what we see happening out there. Jump over and take a look at the hour ranges uh, of what we got here. So I track the hour ranges on purpose for the idea being that, to me, it's important to know where the glut of equipment is. And um, on tractors right now, it's pretty pretty much the same across the board. If you start looking at any of the, 
then this would be in that, that 175 to 300 horsepower range. If you're looking at any of these things happen, you have the overwhelming majority uh, of that tractor is pretty well kind of even. There's like equal amount of tractors in each bucket. Yeah. You know what I mean? More so than it was, say, a year ago and especially like a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago it was very much a very distinguished bell curve. A year and a half ago to two years ago, we we argued about this on the podcast, that 2,000-hour to 4,000-hour tractor and how damn hard it was to sell. Mm -hmm. I would take a million of those right now today. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how much that flipped. People will call and be like, well, I don't really care what it is, something in the 2,000 to 4,000 range every damn time. Because it's a price point. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're not gonna, they don't necessarily want the $90,000 tractor that's got 7,000 hours on it, but they don't necessarily want the $250,000 tractor that's right. got 500 hours on it. They want 150 to 175000 is kind of what they're shooting at. Exactly. Now, if you st- step back and take a look at that same hour mix with combines, it's a it's a very much a that same glut of machines still fall in there. That 1,000 hour to, to 2,000 hour glut still there. You know, and, and that... And I think it, that glut always will be. Yep. But the, the interesting thing to watch is that thousand hour bucket. That that how do I bring it? So from like a thousand hours to like two hundred, like twelve hundred fifty hours on that seven fifty to twelve fifty range, it just keeps growing. So those those sixteen, seventeen, eighteen model machines are starting to come in. Yeah. And the nineteens and the twenties are taking their places. So that's uh, that's another interesting thing to watch. But I think so. Same with sprayers. I mean, the sprayer deal is very much reflective of what you see in the the tractor spread. There's a very much a pretty much an equal, very equal amount of, of sprayers in hours as far as numbers go in each bucket. It's it's really starting to shape up that way. So you know, I, I didn't track this. I wish it'd have been awesome to have tracked this since like 2008, so you could have this data that you just had at your fingertips to watch oh, yeah. to watch like the ebbs and flows and those kind of things and and really really track these things and what that looks like so I'm venturing to guess because you gotta remember 2008 Minneapolis wheat was like $25 it had a huge spike it just went through the freaking roof right and then you had 2009 10, 11, 12 you had that steady build and steady run up in prices to you know the, eight, the one day according hit eight bucks type of thing and I bet you if you go back and look at how machinery buckets were falling into place, it would mirror very much. Oh, absolutely. Very, very much what we see. It, it would be interesting to see, though, from the day that happens to the day that glut hits. Right. And then the next, you know, and then they have, like you said, have, you'd have a decade and a half of that stuff now to look at you know, dig into and be like, oh, okay, so this happened then, and then X amount of months, Yeah, here it shows up. Yeah. And the same thing and the same thing. That would that would be super cool. Yeah. And I think... Good idea. Yeah, well, we just keep doing Fire it. Fire up the DeLorean. <laughs> but if you had... The one thing about this that I that I think is, is going to be cool to watch is, is how long... Like, we've talked about it, but it seems like every time we get... A little bit closer to what we see happening with with EOPs and those kind of things, and and how that across the spectrum. I mean, whatever's happening with, with Case and, and New Holland and, and whomever, you know, Deer and everybody, is that 
how long is that ramp up time going to take to get back to where it's going to happen? We're going to have a situation where we're, they're going to get all kinds of new orders. It's just going to happen. Oh, yeah. So well, what's that look like? And then what's that supply chain look like on the backside? Right. You know what I mean? What worries me more is the volatility of ag. Because if you look at if you look at 12 versus 14, mm-hmm. that's a completely different book, man. Pretty much, yeah. So if you're looking at 21 versus, and it, fe- and it feels even more volatile. I mean, it could be the end of 21, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It could be 22. It just, it, it could be this huge-ass ramp up. Okay, we're caught up. Too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I think this is the way the commodity markets is, uh, are shaping up, and and just the way supply looks. I mean, if if you go to a point where the United States just can't export anything because we don't we have to feed our own cows, you know what I mean? And it gets to that point where the export situation is so tight that you can't. Okay, well, I can't get it from the U.S. I'll just go down to Brazil and get it. Oh, I can't get it from Brazil, so I'll go over to. to Ukraine and Russia to get it. It's just not there to get, right? That's where that back feeling of that takes will take a long time. Oh, I got you. Yeah. <clears throat> even if you have the next year, you have if even if the next year after that you go out and have a bin busting record crop. I mean, you don't. You're still gonna you're gonna be kind of caught up, but you still gotta go out and feed all the cows again. You still gotta go out and do this and do that. I mean, so there's gonna be. This whole gotta, thing. You got to feed the sheep too. Feed the sheep. I'm tired of the prejudice on here. Yeah. Sheep lives matter, man. <laughs> they they do. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out, man. I mean, this could be one of those deals where the catalyst of high commodity prices is is a bigger deal. Like it, it's a more standardized thing, and when you start getting that tight. Then you start looking at, okay, well, if I'm going to pay you whatever for this bushel of whatever, then I want it to be a certain way, right? Now, as a consumer, I'm going to start demanding that I know that this wheat was grown X, Y, and Z and the whole... Right. How the whole blockchain worked, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff. So there's a... uh, a, This next couple of years are going to be a very interesting time, especially when you start looking at where equipment's at. The good thing about this is we are cleaning the cupboards out with yes. equipment. So we're gonna have plenty of space for new equipment to come back into it. Right. That's the the biggest positive that we Easy see. Easy right? on that plenty of space. We'll have some space. Well we'll have not we'll have, plenty <coughs> of space. When you're, when you're talking relative to what we have now, you're gonna have plenty right. of space. What right? five tractors. Yeah. That's right. Five tractors and maybe like a used gator. There you <coughs> so go. So these things will be, oh, be, yeah. be banging. So all right, man. Do you have a deal of the week that you want to throw out there? I don't. No deal of the week. I have stumbled and let America down. My goodness. There's people that are going to lose sleep tonight. I know. Because they're like, I really was wondering what the deal of the week would be. Well, we just said we don't have any. Yeah, that's right. We don't have any inventory. Yeah, that's right. The deal of the week permanently is an S780. There you Call go. Call me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Definitely. It's S780s are, um, they're out there. And they, you can you can make them happen. That's for sure. And those class eight combines are going to be, especially used ones. I think are going to be a hotter thing this year than we see in the past. Let's hope. I think so. 
I think that upgrade's coming. I'm going to take my class, whatever, and go to get that that eight. I think that's where my if I was betting, I'd be betting on the class eight combine market to finally turn the corner and be the most prevalent um, selling machine combine in in the in the U.S. and Canada. Right on. Right on. Okay. World, I am standing by. <laughs> Just call. <laughs> right on. All right. If they didn't want to call you and get one of these super sweet deals, what would they Speaking do? of that, yeah. uh, my phone number, call or text me. Sometimes text works better. Uh, 308-760-1193. Or I'm uh, pretty active on the Ag Twitterverse. Um, at Aaron Fintel, A.A. Ron Fintel. And either one of those two ways, man. Right on. And I am Casey Seymour, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you'll find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, or go to movingironllc.com, and that's where you'll find all of the the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast out there for anyone to go out and listen to and enjoy all 550-some-odd episodes. 11 billion. 11 billion, Trebek. And then... You have that out there to go. Also, there's some there's some blogs out there you can take a look at and read um, that I've written over time. Um, working on my next rendition. Also, if you are if you get the Farm Equipment Magazine, uh, very back page. That's my I get to put a column in there every week. So check that out. Um, kind of my my rambling thoughts there that I put down on paper show up in that back of that magazine every month. So. Thanks to the folks at Farm Equipment Magazine for not only putting my articles in there, but also carrying my the Moving Iron podcast on their uh, remarketing roadmaps um, podcast as well. So check that out. Um, good good stuff there as well. So if you wanted to listen to a, a great episode of podcasts that come out, a couple friends of Aaron and I both are uh, Landon and Brent over there at the Dryland Farmer podcast. Pretty good podcast when you say it. It is. It's fantastical. It's uh, they're funny. It's a, it's a farm, ag podcast that doesn't talk about anything to do with ag. So loosely, loosely, yeah. it's loosely an ag podcast. Yeah. So it's uh, check that out. Get a good listen. So, um, I know it's planting season here, and I know a lot of guys have been running for a while. But if you're listening to this in the side the the uh, tractor, I know it's a hectic time of the year. I know. Uh, a lot of things are trying to get done all at once, but remember that uh, safety is the most important thing when you guys are out there and everybody going home at night with all 10 fingers and 10 toes and two legs and two arms is, is the most important thing. Absolutely. At the end of the day. So keep your head on a swivel and be safe. And with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Funnel. Let's come with some iron, folks. Thanks, Casey and Aaron, and thanks again to Primus by Basic Software for, for sponsoring this podcast. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. Find more from him in the print magazine and on farm-equipment.com slash expert. And you can keep up with the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.